Koinonia, Christian Fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. I'm Tom Brown, and your host today, Pastor Mark Buckley. Welcome to Koinonia. I'm glad to have you with us in the studio with me are Alex and Lisa Butler. And Lisa is a dentist, and since very few people like going to the dentist, we decided to bring the dentist to you on today's program. Thanks so much for being with us today, you guys. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, I want you to start, Alex, start by telling us a little bit of your story, a little of your faith journey, and um, how you got to this stage of life. Um, well, uh, I uh, first committed my life to the Lord um, in 1998, um, I gave my life to Jesus. It was a time in my life where I was just pulled in multiple different directions and trying all sorts of different things and um, just not finding any real value in any of it, no no good fulfillment in any of it. Um, so uh, I um, began going to church at Word of Grace out in Mesa. Um, the, Pastor uh, Gary Kinnaman. Gary Kinnaman, yep. And he had mentioned uh, Living Streams uh, quite often in some Mm -hmm. of his sermons. And I lived in north central Phoenix, but I was working at the time in Queen Creek. So I was able to go by there um, on my way there to and fro. And they had a Saturday evening service. So that's how you got started. How about you, Lisa? How did you start following the Lord? It's funny that you asked that because I don't think I actually followed the Lord for a really long time, but I think the Lord followed me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And obviously he had a plan. I met Alex when I was 35. Uh, We started going to Word of Grace together and we ended up at Living Streams and we ended up getting baptized together after getting married and it's just been a journey. I always thought that I had a relationship with the Lord, but I never really had an active one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I knew he was there, but I didn't converse. So that's probably the difference. And you didn't know the word. You didn't know the scripture at all. No, no. And when we don't know the word, then we're vulnerable. We can believe all kinds of weird stuff, huh? Yep. <laughs> so um, I'm interested in our listeners getting to know you too, because you're very generous and you're in your way you do your practice, the way you do your life, and um, and I think that's really precious. Tell us just a little bit about your dental philosophy and how you became a dentist. Uh, well, I I actually took the long and winding road to dentistry. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I was going to junior college and got a job working in a dental office in the in the front desk, and they said, wow, you'd be really good as an assistant. Maybe uh-huh. you should go back to school. <laughs> so I went back to school, became an assistant. They said, wow, you'd be really good as a hygienist. Maybe you should do that. So I went to college and became a hygienist, and I practiced dental hygiene for almost 15 years before going back to dental school. and Wow, that must have been challenging because you already had kids by then, right? No, I actually had my kids in dental school, so oh, that really? was the real challenge. Yeah. Most ever. It's a record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll find out more about that in just a moment. My guests are Alex and Lisa Butler, and they've 
had a wild and wonderful life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley, Alex and Lisa Butler are in the office with me. So um, a little bit later in life, you decided to become a dentist, hey? Yes. And um, did it take time to just get your confidence that you could actually do it? Or what, what was the deal? Well, while I was a dental hygienist, I really enjoyed taking care of people and working with people. But I also knew that I was supposed to be doing something else. I didn't know what. So I went back to school at night and got a master's in business administration specializing in health services management. I thought I was going to transition into hospital management or something Mm -hmm. like that. But then after realizing if I transition into the management part, I don't actually get to work with the patients. Right. <laughs> I didn't like I that. I didn't quite thought it <laughs> yeah. through completely. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that part. So, yeah, I decided to go back to dental school, and and I knew I was supposed to work for myself, uh, but I didn't think I could do it all by myself. So I asked Alex to do it with me and help me out. <laughs> Tell us about your practice, Alex. You guys have some unique approaches. You have... Uh, a family business, and it's a booming business, too. Tell us about it. Um, Well, uh, dentistry, for the most part, one of the reasons Lisa went to school here at ASDO in the Valley um, was because a lot of dental schools have become entrenched. They're very uh, old school in their philosophy and in their medicine uh, to us. And I, I I can't say, you know, there's things in traditional dentistry that um, uh, um, anyways, so I won't go down. There's various <laughs> philosophies in terms of how healthy different practices are. Correct, right? and what and how health is truly measured, and whether um, certain things are good for your health or maybe not so good for your health. Um, and there's still a lot of question and doubt out there in regards to that. But uh, we're just trying to make uh, dentistry a little more natural and uh, more uh, what they call biomimetic, where the 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 medicine, the the treatment mimics your own body mm-hmm. and uh, least invasive, very least invasive. Now we still have to do. She still has to do all the traditional, um, you know, dentistry. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's the same stuff. It's just diff- some of the materials we use are different. You know, they're just a little more uh, biocompatible. So tell us about your your management. You manage the whole office and practice. Is that your role? Yeah, um, I actually went to school for business, both mm-hmm. in my bachelor's and my master's, but I never got to use it because I was in real estate. I sold new homes for 11 years, so um, which I loved, mm-hmm. uh, but it was time to get out, and, and it just worked out, and uh, there was all the Lord in that because, you know, um, 
it was all everything came together at once, you know, and, and it was, it was just wonderful. Actually, uh, I met Lisa. I was in a place in my life where I could actually just, uh, uh, quit my job and stay home with the little ones Mm -hmm. and, uh, she could finish up dental school. And so it just, it worked out great. And, uh, I was a little apprehensive at first to, to manage the office and us working together, but, uh, quite honestly, (laughs) she's got a heart of gold and, uh, you couldn't ask for someone easier to work with. Um, uh, That's huge. I mean, a lot of couples we get really challenged. My wife and I work together, and sometimes it's very challenging because when you're in a marriage and you have to tell somebody to do something, it's one thing if you say, hey, go to the store, could you, and pick up something for me. It's another thing if you're doing it 9 to 5, and then you go home and have to do it, right? It's a struggle. It's a daily struggle, but yeah. There... But it's it's a great team team effort because... Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to worry about the the business side of things uh, much. I mean, we mm-hmm. still talk about it at the end of the day and at home and stuff. Yeah. But uh, she's able to treat every patient the same, and she wants to treat every patient the same that walks through the door. She doesn't want to know anything else other than what 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 do, what do they need for care. Correct. Um, so, Lisa, tell us. Let's go back to having kids in medical school. How the heck did you do that? Because I mean, medical school is. It'll destroy a marriage even when there's no kids involved many times, right? Because it's so intense. Yeah. Well, you know, we got married later in life at 35. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I can't wait forever. So 37, we had our first child. And I was fortunate that the school I went to here in Mesa, Arizona, was very flexible. They allowed me to work ahead for my requirements and, you know, do a bunch of work ahead of time while I was still able to. And then they gave me a year off to stay home with my first. Wonderful. So I I just resigned my spot in that year's class and uh, resumed in the next year's class. But I didn't fall behind because Mm -hmm. I was able to work ahead. And then my senior year is when I had the twins, and I took... I and took, you were 38 by that time? I was 39. 30, 39. <laughs> were you a little afraid? I mean, obviously, there are there are greater risk factors when a woman is older, and yep. and uh, you weren't, weren't naive to that. But congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. It, well, it wasn't up to us, right? The Lord, the Lord provided the Lord did them. it. Yep. And twins are a big stretch for anybody, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I I think if we would have had them first, we might have stopped. So yeah, yeah it was nice that it worked out that way. <laughs> One of my friends has triplets, and uh, they they stayed up a few nights to say the least, you know. Yeah. Um, and did you have to take off time again? I did. I was able just to take off some clinical time, but again, I worked ahead. And so when I went back, I was not behind. I was able to graduate on time with my class and take all my boards on time and do everything like I was Congratulations. To do. So you must love dentistry. You must love even the science of it, right? I do. I love it. I had very bad dental experiences growing up and... If you would have asked me any time in my life, am I going to grow up and be in dentistry, I would have said absolutely not. But again, I think the Lord had a plan. What happened? What happened? You know, I grew up not having a wealthy family Mm -hmm. and not being 
uh, proactive to prevention and things right. like that. So right. when I was young and teenager, I had a terrible diet, you know, soda and candy. Yeah, and didn't this. brush your teeth regularly. Well, I ended up getting cavities and, you know, all that stuff. And it's when you don't have a lot of money, sometimes you go places where they don't treat you very well. Right. You know, right. it's not all about the customer service. So I just never had any idea that that's where I would be. So I think uh, the Lord had a plan because I deliberately try to treat each patient exactly the opposite because I know what that felt like. Mm -hmm. So That's precious. Um, You wanted to provide some comfort where you didn't get some comfort yourself. That's right. Um, Now, you experienced uh, different parts of dentistry. You were a hygienist, you said, for 15 years. What are some of the things that you wanted to incorporate in your practice and you've decided to incorporate that are different than a traditional dentist's office? Well, we we first of all believe that we're treating a whole person <laughs> instead of just teeth. teeth. Yeah, yeah, instead of just teeth. So when you come in to see us, we actually talk to you about the rest of your life, not just about your teeth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and your health, you know, what's going on with the rest of your body. It's all attached. Um, and I'd say then beyond that is just, you know, we try to be very proactive and we try to have the patient take an active, responsible role. It's you, a lot of medicine today, including dentistry, is the doctor will tell you what you need to do and that's what you need to do instead of actually working with you to try to come up with a plan. Mm -hmm. So I feel that, you know, informed consent, having the patient understand their situation and having them come up with the solutions and committing to that, it's a team effort. It's not me fixing them. It's us working together to get them healthy again. So how how does proper care of your teeth affect the rest of your health? I mean, how how connected is it? That's a good question. It's extremely connected. Um, All of your cranial nerves, you know, run down through your spine and at the back of your neck and your mouth, (laughs) that's your whole neural pathways. So a lot of your signals that go through your body Uh, also run through your mouth. Mm -hmm. So um, they've found that inflammation in the mouth can also lead to inflammation in other parts of the body, you know, premature birth, um, cardiovascular illness, all sorts of things, kidney, liver, you know. um, We are one system. Everything is connected. So if there's an infection anywhere in the body, it doesn't just stay in that one area. It travels. So it's all integrated, yes. and um, you guys have the name Integrative Dental Associates, right? Yep. Where'd you get that name, Alex? <laughs> um, well, it was uh, Butler Family Dentistry, but then uh, we got too busy, and we had to bring on an associate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have uh, Dr. Amelia's with us now, and uh, she's been great, and it's been wonderful because it's helped her. It, it, she she's been her eyes have been opened mm-hmm. uh, to a whole new realm. And she's really excited about it, and she does wonderful as well as uh, taking some of the load off of uh, Lisa's plate. Tell, tell us where you guys are located. We are 
at 32nd Street and Indian School. We're mm-hmm. just uh, north of Indian School on the west side of 32nd Street. And you still have room for new customers, new patients if uh, they show up? Sure. <laughs> Good. Good. I think these two are running a wonderful dental practice. We're not here to advertise for them, but we are here to ask some important questions about dental health and spiritual health because they've been involved in some ministry that's brought benefit to many people. We'll talk about that next. Stay tuned. I'm Mark Buckley. We'll be right back with more of Koinonia in just a moment. I'm Mark Buckley, and my guests are Alex and Lisa Butler. They run Integrative Dental Associates in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Alex, I was um, uh, just recently doing a radio program with some people from Belize, and they were so excited. It was their first trip to the United States. Some of them had been trying to get a visa for over five years. They'd been rejected many times. They'd lose their money. Uh, when their visa application is denied. And these folks love the Lord. And anyway, the reason they're here in America is because you were willing to help them out and let them try one more time. Tell us how you apply your faith when it comes to your giving, your ministry, your your serving the Lord. Well, like, like, like we... You know, like you speak about and like uh, we hear at church all the time, you know, giving is an act of worship, you know, and that's what we're called to do. So it's not even a matter of if, it's when, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So with uh, with those folks in Belize, you know, taking taking a mission trip down there and actually seeing where they are and where they work every day and where they're, you know, spreading spreading the good news. It's pretty poor down there, right? I mean, <laughs> there isn't yeah. – it's not – I mean, there are some tourist areas down there for sure. But where our friends live, it's not the kind of place that you necessarily want to go and hang out for no. a long period of time, is it? No, it's not. And just to see what they're immersed in and and battling through on a daily basis where they are is just – it's just nothing short of a miracle. And it's all just God, you know, and it's just – it's just so you felt led to just say, "Hey, let's give it another try," and this was the time the Lord honored it. Huh? Yeah, I think uh, I think David had a lot to do with that because all the timing just worked out yeah. at the right time. So sure did. Yeah. Even his house got finished, so they all got a place to stay. You know. <laughs> um, so you two have gone to a number of different foreign locations to serve the Lord and to help people. What's your experience been? Where have you been, and, and what have you seen while you've been out there? We we started going to Puerto Penasco, uh, Mexico, what, about four or five years ago, I think, with some other members of mm-hmm. Living Streams that were just getting started a dental mission mm-hmm. section. 
And we've been fortunate enough to participate in that all these years, some years more than others. But um, What's it like to do dentistry in a foreign country? What, what is the condition of the people's <laughs> teeth and what, what's the experience like for you? We're it's, babies. It's a different experience every single time you go. So <laughs> that's what you have to remember and you have to just go with it. Um, you may have in your mind a plan of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, and it may end up being absolutely nothing like that. But as long as you're okay with it and you can, you know, just roll with it, you'll Serve be Serve any way you can. That's huh? right. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge is remembering that the people that you're there to serve, maybe the dentistry is not their biggest need. Mm-hmm. So for you to assume that you're going to, you know, go down there and tell them what they need to do and give them stuff and they're going to have, they're going to do it. You know, we've been places where people, their biggest struggle is what am I going to eat today? You know, I don't have any shoes. Mm -hmm. And so giving them a toothbrush and dental floss and telling them to go home and brush and floss is really not going to, you know, have a really big positive impact. It's very humbling. It's very humbling. That's what what you have to remember. So what do you think, Alex, about the diet in some third world places? I think it's, uh, well, it's just changed throughout the years. I think it's, it's um, you know, with rising food costs and stuff. I mean, a lot like for in Belize, for example, um, a lot of the people buy in bulk. Uh, Kenny was telling, sharing with me um, that a lot of people buy in bulk. So, you know, the quality of the food is not like fresh, you know, it's yeah. not good fresh vegetables and good fresh stuff. Um, so, but just like uh, in Mexico, for example, I mean, you know, if Coke's if Coke's cheaper than water, we have an issue or they have an issue, but it's our issue too, in my opinion. Because like we exported, said, right, you know, right. we created the stuff. So, right, right. And, and of course, kids love it, right? It's yeah. Coke. Sure. Um, yeah. So, so they're going to, they're going to, they're going to love it. So, uh, the one thing or, I will do, say do is. Do you there, try and educate kids when they come in for dental care about Coke and stuff like that? You, you really try to. Uh, obviously, uh, in Mexico, there's a bit of a language barrier. We have translators and whatnot, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's where we're at next. That's what we'd like to do. We'd like to go back to Gail's Point, for example, mm-hmm. and go to the school. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, the Ministry of Health there is a little bit different. It becomes a bit challenging to do stuff like that. But, you know, I, I'm reading that book, uh, When Helping Hurts. Right. And it's, it's you know, you, you know, teach a man to fish you know mm-hmm. if 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 we can change their their general philosophy on um how they take care of themselves and whatnot then then that's when you you think you can make more of a difference what's your experience been lisa first of all what is fulfilling enough about it to make you want to go back because you've been to belize you've been to mexico you've been to honduras I haven't been to Honduras yet, but that is definitely one of the places I want to go. We had talked about that, I think, last year, trying to get to Honduras. Um, I think as a person going out to mission trips, you're the one who leaves feeling good. 
you know, you helped someone else, but I think you get the most benefit out of it. I don't know exactly how that works, but it happens every single time. Yeah. Yeah. It really is fulfilling. I mean, I remember one time, and I'm a pastor, so I'm trying to help people all the time. But I remember I was riding my bike to the gym one day, and a little kid had just sort of fallen off his bike and his chain came off. And um, he was too little to know how to put his chain back on his bike. So I stopped. I pulled over, made sure he was okay, put his chain back on for him. And then he took off, and I took off. And I don't remember anything else I did that day. I just remember that. And I felt like, okay, Lord, that was cool. I really enjoyed being able to get him going on his way, you know. That's right. And sometimes when you go on a mission trip, there have been times when I've looked at the patient and thought, I honestly don't know how to help you. Mm -hmm. I don't know even where to start. Because there's so many needs. There's so much need. and. Yet still at the end of the day, when you've done whatever it is you can do, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. And that's sort of the way, in order to stay sane, that's what we all have to come to. And and that is that the Lord's called us to be a part of the solution. We can't take ownership for somebody else's life. We can't take responsibility. We can't make all the difference in the world. All we can do is be a blessing. And um, so that's a humbling thing. But it's also, it can keep us sane because otherwise, I, I remember years ago feeling that I was losing my sanity because I cared more about the outcome of a conflict in somebody's life than they did. Yep. It's like, well, they were going to blow up their church or blow up their marriage. And I'm the one losing sleep. They're not losing any sleep about it. I'm like, something's wrong with this picture here. (laughs) And that can easily happen. Uh, The first few years of our practice, I had to really learn how to set boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know, because anytime there was any patient in need, whether it was my lunchtime or an hour after work or on the weekends, I would be stepping up to help and then I realized wait a minute it never ends it it never ends and I'm also sacrificing my family and my own sanity and yeah yeah, you're absolutely right you can't want it more than the person wants it for themselves Mm -hmm. because it won't work (laughs) that's right and um, we're called to lay down our life but since Jesus is the savior not us we have to steward our life so we can lay it down hopefully over the next 40 years for people rather than the next three or four years and then we're burned out and done. Yeah. Alex, how about you? What have you learned? What What is fulfilling for you when you do a mission outreach? Well, the first, uh, first, um, the first time, I always knew I wanted to help and, and when I was at Word of Grace, I got in, involved with a program called Mentor Kids USA. Yeah, yeah. And I really, you know, I did, I'm like, gosh, you know, I prayed about it. I'm like, am I going to have enough time for this? Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, I've got my, I've got my kid. Uh, Am I going to, and then as soon as I did, I had more time than I ever, ever Mm could have wanted. So the same thing has come with the the missions. I, I felt a calling to do mission work. I just didn't know how to go about it uh, ever since then, way back then before I even met Lisa. But uh, obviously her um, having talents that are, you know, very specialized. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, 
wanted to do that. And ever since I did, it just, the floodgates opened up. It's just like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit just in our lives and just in the lives of others and, and just the way things move and flow have just been just, just a tremendous blessing. Just, I mean, just wonderful. So Yeah, what you said uh, to me is really interesting. If no, nobody's got a ton of extra time, I mean, unless they're like retired and sitting around and doing nothing, everybody's lives are full. But when you make time, it's just like whether you're giving money, giving time, making yourself available, it's going to stretch you. It's going to test you. But then the Lord does something and you're like, wow, why was I ever in doubt? You know, why, why was I ever anxious? Yeah, this is how the kingdom of God works. Yeah, it's great. My guests are Alex and Lisa Butler. They run Integrative Dental Associates in Phoenix, Arizona. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more from them in just a moment. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams, and Alex and Lisa Butler are my guests today. They work together in a dental office. It's a booming practice. They've got all kinds of responsibilities, challenges, and pressures all the time. Tell us, Alex, how you, what have you learned about working together in your marriage um, and then doing life together and enjoying your life together so that you're not just bleeding the business over into your your family life in such a way that pulls you down? Well, I actually owe most all of that to Lisa. I mean, um, quite honestly, the ability to not stress out and worry so much about everything at the office or, or worry about it while we're at home with the kids, you know, she's really good at just turning it off and also just taking things with the grain and not, mm-hmm. um, you know, not getting too too high or too low about anything that has to do with the office and stuff. So she's taught me patience and patience and prayer. <laughs> that's that's what, wonderful. That's what gets me. That's what gets me through it. And she's uh, she's way more patient than I am. And and that's what I've learned from her. And it's it's helped out tremendously for me. Lisa, tell us about what what you've learned that helps you guys stay sane. Well, I would argue the fact that I have more patience than him. I think it 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 varies day by day. <laughs> we take turns. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for us as a couple is to give the other person some freedom, mm-hmm. some space. Um, he has interests and activities, and he needs time to be able to go do those, to let off steam and unwind. Mm-hmm. And same with myself. It doesn't mean we have to do everything together. So I think the biggest thing is 
give that person some space, some freedom, some ability to decompress, and then you can come back together and be much less stressed out. <laughs> amen and amen. I mean, I, Christina has a, is a tremendous blessing for me along those lines. She doesn't get upset that I like to go play golf. Yep. She doesn't get upset. In the old days, I would hunt more, and when I would go hunting, no, she knew that, it, it, and that that if I'm fulfilled and I'm rest re, re, refreshed, I'm a better husband. I'm easier to be around. And the same with me. Now I have to um, give do dishes. We we had the Belizeans over the other day, right? And for a big pancake breakfast and all. And um, the way our gifts work, she gave them all a ride home while I cleaned up everything. I don't particularly like driving people around. She loves driving people around. I don't mind just cleaning up the place. And um, and and you just sort of have to figure out you don't – I don't think we should try and go by the book. Right. The book is the Bible. And what does the Bible say? It says that we're to submit, mutually submit to one another, love one another, serve one another, cherish one another. If we do that, then you can use your gifts, your spouse can use their gifts, and you don't have to smother each other or force each other into a uh, cubbyhole that isn't really who you are. Yeah, I think the most challenging thing for us is is the kids, is trying to not lose patience with the kids when you've got the homework and the mm-hmm. softball and the gymnastics and, you know, you've been at work all day and now you're, you hit the ground running when you get home and... I think that's the biggest thing is trying to juggle everything yeah. and not <laughs> not run out of that patience. That <laughs> so we're, we're able to really work together at that, in that regard also because I, I, I go in early to the office and then mm-hmm. I leave early and she goes in a little later and she comes home later. So I go pick the kids up from school and get them home, get them rolling on their schoolwork and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when she comes home, she doesn't have to – you know, and you that. probably enjoy just getting out of the office earlier, right? I do. I do. Uh, but quite honestly, doing homework with the kids is uh, way harder favorite. than anything that I do at the office. That's for <laughs> darn sure, yeah. But of course, then I walk home, I walk in the door and I'm like, okay, do you need to take a break? Yes. Do you want me to step up yes, and start grading I already homework? Do. <laughs> this afternoon I do already. <laughs> but, you know, that's just it. You have to, like you said, trade and take turns. Yeah. We had the opposite situation. We had company, the Belizeans over. Mm-hmm. He drove them home and I cleaned up. So <laughs> it was perfect. I don't want to drive either. So. Right, right. And that's what you have to figure out. You <laughs> yeah. have to figure out how to work together Years ago, um, Christina wanted me to read this book. It was called Husbands, Do Yourself a Favor, Love Your Wives. I'm like, I don't want to read it. I don't want to read it. You know, I'm fine, you know. And then she's like, oh, you need to read it. So I'm reading it. Second chapter, it says, no, you're the head of the house, man. You should manage the finances. I said, okay, here's what it says. I'm going to start managing. She goes, well, you're not that good at our finances. I don't care. You're making me read the book. I'm going to, I take it over. I bounce a couple of checks the first month. And I said, I'm the head of the house. You take it back. <laughs> yep, that's and right. I've never touched another checkbook hardly ever since. That's you know? right. I feel the same way. I don't want to handle the checkbooks. So, yeah. No, thanks. So, Alex, you've been secure enough to free Lisa to get her schooling. You've been secure enough to stay home. Tell us about that. Um, well, I love I love being a dad and I love my mm-hmm. kids, so it wasn't it wasn't that hard for me. Um He's a great dad. <laughs> she loved dentistry way 
way more than I loved real estate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and and I love her. And at the end of the day, yes, I help people because I worked in entry level homes. So I help people start their their lives and their families and, mm-hmm. and their investments. Uh, but at the same time, uh, she she really helps people. I mean, you're going to have a lot of house, a lot of uh, houses in your life. Maybe you're, I mean, yeah. chances are you're going to have more than one. Right. Uh, but uh, you're not going to have more than one mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and uh, she loved it a lot more. So just you know, that was it. It wasn't that hard for me, and especially loving her so much that you know, seeing how much she loved that um, just. It just it just made sense. You know, years ago, I was flying home from Europe, and on the airplane, there was a movie. Peggy Sue got married. So I'm watching the movie, and and there's like it's a time flashback situation in the movie, and and this somebody's talking to a grandpa um, right before grandpa dies, and or maybe grandpa comes back to life, something like that, and. They say, Grandpa, if you could do your life all over again, what would you do? And he goes, I would definitely brush my teeth more regularly. <laughs> and that just really stayed with me. You know, and Alex said that you only have one mouth. You only, you, only, you don't, you, you have your baby teeth, but after that, you got, you're going to reap yep. what you sow there. But, but at the same time, not all people are born equal when it comes to dental capacity. I mean, your enamel is going to be different for every person, isn't it? That's right. Just like you have other health issues that you're prone to. Some people have better oral health just by genetics and everything than other people. So, yeah. So we've got to figure out where am I at? And then I've got to deal with the hand I'm dealt rather than, well, so-and-so doesn't have to do that. Why should I? Right. Absolutely. In fact, I think it was last year or the year before, there was a article that came out from Europe that said flossing is not recommended, that it doesn't do anything. It doesn't change anything. (laughs) And as soon as we heard this, we're like, oh, no, here comes you know, everybody that comes in for the next six months that's heard about this article is going to say, well, I stopped flossing because I read this article. Why would they say that? And what, what what's the truth about flossing? Well, let me just say this in a non-mean way. But have you seen people's teeth in other countries? They're a mess. Yeah. They're not, for the most part, they're not as nice as ours unless those people are brushing and flossing. So I don't know why anybody would come to that conclusion. I used to have bleeding gums when I was like in my early 20s until I started flossing because I never did before that. And then I never had bleeding gums anymore. I mean, it was that simple. Yeah. And that's just it. If the patient can see it for themselves, then, you know, it's it's a choice that they can make. But if they've never been given the information, that's. What's one of the most frustrating things for you about patients in general? Not specific because if anyone Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. But in general, what what if you could communicate one or two truths to everybody and they, they could really grasp it and apply it? Well, I'd say one basic thing is nobody wants to take X rays. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to take X rays, dental X rays or any X rays. But unfortunately, there's a lot of things that we can't see if we don't have those. And so I would tell patients, if you want an accurate picture of your health, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. then we need to take the right information. We need to have it in order to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd be my first thing is is you have to let the person. We're not just doing it so we can charge you yeah, a little extra. Yeah, that's here. right. And it should be to a certain extent on a case-by-case basis. You're absolutely right. If you have someone who has never had a cavity between their teeth, mm-hmm. well, guess what? They're not going to need x-rays very often. But if you've had a cavity every three months or six months for pretty much the last 10 years, you're going to need a different mm-hmm. you know, series of pictures than that other person. So I think that's the biggest thing is there's no one cookie-cutter answer. And I think a lot of patients, whether it's medical or dental, they want a recipe. They want, if I follow this formula, then I'm going to get this result. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned before, all of us are different. We all have different genetic makeups. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. And unfortunately, what works really well for one person may not work at all for someone else. Mm -hmm. So I would just tell patients it is the practice of medicine, the practice of dentistry, and we have to use our best information at the time to give them the best result we can. So that's probably the most frustrating thing for patients mm-hmm. is to not not have an easy, necessarily cookie-cutter solution. Um, well, we're out of time in this segment, unfortunately, but I, I value your relationship with the Lord as much as your dental skills because not every dentist is always honest about what is the best treatment for somebody, right? Right. Which is, which is sad. So um, my guests are Alex and Lisa Butler. They're with Integrative Dental Associates right here in Phoenix. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. We're wrapping up today's program. Alex, tell us uh, how people could reach you if they're interested in your practice. Um, Well, they can go to our website, check it out. It's uh, integrativedental.com, or they can uh, give us a call and find out more about the practice from all of our – all of our reps, um, our real, uh, all of our people that we work with, our team—they're all really educated on this stuff. You know, uh, what's but, your number? It's six zero two nine five six forty eight zero seven. And uh, Lisa, you're continuing your education as well, aren't you? Never ending. <laughs> and what do you read? How do you how do you keep yourself up to date? Well, I read a lot of different things, not just dentistry related, but health related. I read a lot of um, organic uh, information about food and taking care of your body. But uh, we, I go to conferences every year um, nonstop. In fact, I think my last license renewal, you know, dentists have to have, mm-hmm. I don't know, 80 hours or something for 80 CE hours for so many years. I usually 
average around 200. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely and like so to does, keep up on it. Huh? Yeah, so does Dr. Amelia, uh, my associate. She's, we're very much into knowing what is going on and what are the options because if you have a bigger tool chest, you can offer different solutions. So Wonderful. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you very much for what you're doing for God's kingdom and God's people. And and uh, may your practice be blessed. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. If you ever want to visit us at Living Streams, you can stop by Central and Glendale is where we're located, 9, 15, and 11 a.m. Look us up on the web at livingstreams.org. I hope you will take care of your teeth and take care of your soul. Get into the Word of God every day. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God bless you. Have a great day.